What is up? What is up? Welcome to another Monday Mindset. Excited to talk to you guys today. Today we're going to be talking about, hey, what propelled Red Bull to be number one in the energy drink space and what lesson can we take from it as business owners, entrepreneurs, salespeople. Also going to talk about United Airlines. They made a $120 million mistake. And why did they make that mistake and what lessons can we take from it? But before we get into all of that, I'll see you on the other side of this intro. Welcome to our bonus Monday Mindset episode, where we give you some motivation today so you can crush your Monday. This episode is actually pre-recorded from my show in the Insurance Syndicate Facebook group. If you're in insurance and you want to be part of that group, email us at podcast at ReminderMedia.com. But whether you're in insurance or in any other industry, this is motivation to get your week started the right way. What is up? Good morning. Today, I want to get back a little bit into marketing and a little bit into business from the perspective of, hey, what can we learn from some of the mistakes that past companies have made and some of the strategies that past companies have done that have really helped them succeed? And I want to talk about Red Bull today. And one of the things that they did that really actually propelled them away from bankruptcy, away from failing, and to actually, ultimately, they ended up becoming the number one energy drink in the world, which is hard to believe. I, You know, what's funny is I have a monster on my desk right now, so I'm not even a huge Red Bull fan. But in the, I believe it was the 90s, it was like uh, most energy drink companies fail. Um, and they were failing left and right at that time. And Red Bull was on the verge of failure. And one of the things that they did as a marketing strategy is they took empty Red Bull cans. So they took empty Red Bull cans and they actually put them all around nightclubs in London. So they went to all these nightclubs in London and took Red Bull cans that were empty and they threw them in the garbage cans and all around the the nightclubs in London. And what happened is they capitalized on something in psychology called the mere exposure effect. And what this basically talks about is that it's kind of obvious is that if people have a familiarity with you and they see you everywhere, they tend to think of you more and they tend to see popularity from things that they see all around them. And people want to be part of the cool crowd. Nobody wants to be the uncool kid in the school ground. And what started happening is the people at these nightclubs started going up to the counter and ordering Red Bull because they were seeing these Red Bull cans everywhere. And so it had that familiarity that brought it top of mind. Not only that, they felt like, man, am I missing out here? This seems to be a really popular drink. And that was the marketing strategy that Red Bull used to get their name out there. Think about that. Using just empty Red Bull cans, just made a bunch of empty ones and put them in the garbage and put them all around so people would see them at these nightclubs. So two things I take away from that. One is the obvious, which is it is all about getting known, right? You don't have to be the best in the business. You have to be the most known. You might be a phenomenal insurance agent right now. If nobody knows you, nobody can flow you, as Grant Cardone says. You've got to get known, right? Starbucks doesn't have the best coffee. They're on every street corner. The biggest brands in the world They are trying to get in front of you all the time. I was speaking at a conference, um, a True Choice conference, which is a financial conference, and I was speaking on a panel with a guy from Leading Response. And he shared that Geico tries to market to you 47 times a day. That's the goal of their marketing department is try to get in front of you 47 times a day on a lot of different mediums. And you've heard me talk before about this thing called the frequency illusion. 
And this should really, if you've never heard this before, this is the median action item for you to implement in your marketing. The frequency illusion is basically you need to be on multiple frequencies of delivery, of distribution. So a, a frequency would be print. A frequency would be screen to screen like we are today. A frequency could be a phone call, could be face to face like a client event, could be a piece of direct mail, could be an email, could be a social media post, right? You have all these frequencies. What you want to try to do is capitalize on the frequency illusion, which basically states that if Luke Acre sees Joe Campert's brand on two or more frequencies, Luke's brain thinks that he sees Joe more than he does. So if I see Joe on Facebook today and then I get a, a postcard from Joe in the mail, my brain makes me think I see Joe more than I do. It's the same phenomenon that happens when you buy a car. You see that car everywhere. It's not because that car became more popular. It's because it became in your purview, right? It registered in your reticulating activating system. And because it became important to you, you now see it, right? So if I told you right now, look around the room and look for something in your room that's brown. Look for something that's brown. Go ahead, look around the room. Look for something in a room that's brown. You are going to go find something that's brown. But guess what is also in there? Probably things that are blue, probably things that are white, probably things that are black. You're not looking at those things. They're not in your purview, right? It's not important to you at the moment. So your brain tunes it out because there's so much information flowing at us 24-7. We can't process it all. The brain, the human brain does an amazing job at allowing you to center and to focus on the things that are important to you. How do you apply this to your business? How do you get important? How do you get in the RAS system, the reticulating activating system of your clients so they see you and not the competition? They think of you and not the uh, competition. Red Bull is a perfect example. I'm sure there was more energy or energy drinks at the time. And Red Bull knew, hey, if I can get my cans out there in front of the people at these nightclubs and put it all over the place, people are going to see me everywhere. They're going to think, what am I missing out on? And they're going to go and purchase those Red Bulls. For you, how do you get on multiple frequencies? The amount of insurance agents I run into, I get a little passionate here, that have no drip system in place to actually be dripping on their database of all the relationships they've ever come in contact with is absurd. The amount of insurance agents that don't get referrals is absurd. You're missing out on the majority of where your business can ultimately come from. And great businesses, what happens is you see their cost of acquisition go down over time. If your cost of acquisition is going up, what does that mean? You're having to spend more to buy leads, buy leads, buy leads. What you're, what's happening to your business is you're on a hamster wheel. And what you're never doing is building a brand. Louis Vuitton, Nike, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, all these massive companies. What have they done in marketing? You know what they've done? They've built a brand. They're not just selling a one-off product. They've built a brand that you come to know, like, and trust that you ultimately come and use them purely because you know them. Your cost of acquisition then will go down. Why? Because you don't have to spend as, as much on attracting the next lead. Because guess what? You spent a lot in the beginning to get your leads. And there's nothing wrong with leads. I, I help people with leads. But I'm telling you, if you don't have a way to build a brand that gets people to come to you, you're never going to get off the hamster wheel. And your cost of acquisition is always going to go up because cost of leads are always going up. Or it's going to, at the very least, stay the same. You want to bring your cost of acquisition to, to acquire a new client down. How do you do that? You make one client worth four clients. 
So you get in touch and you call the lead Luke and then you build a brand with Luke because you drip on him constantly over and over and over again. So now when Luke's going about his life and he runs into his best friend, Steve, and Steve goes, man, I got to figure out my insurance, dude. I just came across my mortality. I just had a huge life event. I got to get my uh, affairs in order. If Joe's done an incredible job of staying in touch with me, who was a lead for him four years ago and became a client, and now he didn't forget about me, he kept building his brand, then I'm going to go, hey, you need to talk to Joe. Because Joe's just not a transactional agent to me. Joe's a relational agent to me. Joe's the number one brand, and I want to work with number one. Here's a great uh, sales tip for you. People want to work with people they look up to. They don't want to work with people they look at, meaning they think they know as much as, and they definitely don't want to look, work with people who they think they know more than, that they look down upon. You've got to elevate your brand. How do you elevate your brand? It's really simple. Do what Red Bull did. Get your brand out in front of people all day long. Capitalize on the frequency illusion by being on multiple frequencies. Be on social, be in print, be in email, be a, call your clients on the phone, multiple different frequencies. The second thing we can take away from Red Bull is not only did they put their cans out there, right, to spread their brand, what else did they do? They knew their target audience and they knew where they were, right? Their target audience was young people going to nightclubs. So they didn't take their Red Bull cans and put them around the food lions, the grocery stores, right? They took their Red Bull cans and they put them around the nightclubs in London. So they knew where their target audience was. Do you even know who your target audience is? Right? Are you marketing to yourself, which is what most businesses do when they start out because it's all they know. They just know them. So they market to them instead of thinking about, no, who's my ideal client? Who is actually my target audience? And like, what age are they? Like for me, like in real estate, the average real estate agent's a 55-year-old woman. So if I want to reach real estate agents, which is a huge portion of my business, I work with probably 30 plus thousand real estate agents, huge portion. I'm not going to go out there and market to 34-year-old young Luke Acre. I got to go market to the target audience that I know I'm trying to reach. Who's your target audience? If you're selling Medicare, who's your target audience, right? What do they look like? Where do they live? What do they want? What are their pain points? How do they speak, right? You know, in sales, because you guys are master salespeople and, you know, you're match and mirror. Marketing's the same way. You've got to speak to that persona. And a lot of times marketers, or at least good ones, they'll sit down and they'll actually um, write out basically a persona. They'll name their ideal client. They'll be like, uh, you know, for us, you know, Stacy Shanner, right, is our ideal client. We will write out the name of that person, where that person lives, what what's going on in their life. So when we're thinking about our marketing copy and what we're writing and what we're putting out there, we can try to speak in that lens to that person. Red Bull knew their target audience, or at least where they were at. They knew they were at the nightclubs, and they knew that's where they wanted to be, which is phenomenal for us to take away. Okay, second story for us today to really hype us up for our Monday mindset and get us focused on being the best in business that we possibly can be is United Airlines lost $180 million by one mistake, $180 million. And what they did is there was a musician that was traveling on one of their planes. He basically had a $3,500 guitar that he put on United Airlines plane and United Airlines broke the guitar. And this guy, this musician went back and forth with United Airlines, trying and trying to get United Airlines to basically help him out. United Airlines uh, refused to cover the cost of the guitar, refused to do anything to make it right. So what did this musician do? This musician went and wrote a song, basically how United Airlines breaks guitars. The song ended up going viral. 
on, I believe it was YouTube at the time, the song went viral and their stock declined by like 10%. It was like worth $180 million to them from one mistake. And the reason why I share that story is because I think all of us don't understand how important creating radical or raving fans is to create people that are radical about your brand comes down to your service. And I always share with people, it's like the, the statistics are really alarming. If people have one bad experience with you, it's almost 50% are likely to go somewhere else. If they have two bad experiences with you, 76% of people choose somebody else. Two bad experiences, you lose 76% of your people. How do you create raving fans? Raving fans comes from doing the unexpected. Write that down. Doing the unexpected creates raving fans. They did the unexpected to Frank. Frank was expecting to get on United Airlines, ship his guitar, his guitar, make it to his destination in one piece, and everything would be a-okay. Instead, he got the unexpected. He put his guitar on there. They broke his guitar, but it went worse. He would at least expect them to take responsibility, to smoothly handle it, to help take care of what's happened, to at least own up to it. Nope, they didn't own up to it. He again got the unexpected. And because he got the unexpected, what did he do? He went and raved. He just raved about it in a bad way. How do you make sure that you are doing the unexpected for your clients today so they aren't getting a bad unexpected, but they're getting an amazing unexpected where you're going above and beyond? You know, I think it was like all of the winner, all the winning is in the extra mile, right? Everybody runs the one mile, but it's in the extra mile that all the winning is done. And what I would challenge each of you to do in your business is figure out, hey, how do I do the unexpected in a way that makes that person rave about me and then make it easy for them to share my brand with all of their friends and family. So that is the absolute key. When you do the unexpected, when you go above and beyond, when you call people back right away, and in my 10 years of doing this, right, of uh, managing this many clients and this many entrepreneurs that sometimes are hard to deal with, what I have found is in the moment when you have to refund somebody a couple hundred bucks or somebody's wrong because they're complaining about shipping or they're complaining about something that's like, no, you don't understand. You're being unrealistic. It always is worth it to go the extra mile and not sweat the couple hundred dollars. It's like I have learned that over the years. I used to fight things. I used to try to prove out to the person. I used to do all this stuff to go, no, no, you're not understanding and logically explain to them why, you know, that's not right what they're complaining about. And then I realized, no, the fact that they're complaining, perception is reality. Their perception is they did not have a good experience. And of course, obviously, you're going to have your crazies. There's always the outliers. That's not what I'm speaking about. I, You know what I'm talking about here. You need to realize there's something in your service that you can get better. There's some expectation that you can set better. There's some flow in your business, whether it's a workflow, a process of paper and, and getting it to them, the emails that you send, the follow-up, how fast you get back with them on the phone. There's something in your business that can actually take your business to the next level. And instead of complaining about the 50 bucks they want to refund on or a couple hundred dollars, take ownership of that. And go, hey, I'm not going to sweat that because you'll create a raving fan of the, out of that person when you take care of them. And they realize that, hey, this person, Luke, they care about me and, and actually take care of them. And then they'll come back and they'll use you again and again and again. So there's two stories for you that I hope you can apply to your business. One is Red Bull, right? Get your brand out there to your target audience, even if you have to create fake cans or not fake cans, empty cans and put them in garbage all across London's clubs. And then number two is 
United Airlines lost $180 million because they weren't willing to own up to a mistake and create a raving fan out of their client. And they did the unexpected, which is not what that person wanted. And they ended up losing $180 million. Last thing I'll close out with. I was listening to an interview last night. I think it was the Nelk Boys podcast. I don't know if you guys listen to the Nelk Boys, but it's pretty interesting stuff. They interview some high level people. And um, I was listening to an interview and they were talking about how in defensive driving, they teach you. Don't focus on the thing that you want to avoid. So they they say, and there's been research on this, that if you are trying to miss this tree in defensive driving, you don't want to hit the tree, right? You're driving, you're trying to whatever's happening, right? You're trying to get away from that tree. Don't focus on the tree because they say in defensive driving, it's proven that what you focus on, if you focus on, I don't want to hit the tree. I don't want to hit the tree. I don't want to hit the tree. You know what happens? You hit the freaking tree. In our business, That is what happens to us all the time. You focus on the problem. You focus on the tree and trying to avoid the tree instead of realizing, hey, I need to focus on the goal. I need to focus on what I'm trying to accomplish. And by focusing on that, I'll actually miss the tree. Stop focusing on your pain point. Stop focusing on the adversity, on the obstacle. Focus on the destination, the goal of where you're trying to get to, and you'll miss the tree. I thought that was a really powerful takeaway from the podcast that I was listening to last night that I wanted to share with you guys. All right. Hope this has hyped you up. Get out there and win for yourself, for your family, for your clients. Let's make it happen. Appreciate you guys. Have a great one.